I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hey, everyone. And you are listening to Spaces Podcasts Express. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Jason, we have a guest today. Uh, we actually used to work together. So she was oh, bo- I didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she was she was born and raised in Southern California and has now relocated to Denver, an interior designer. So please help me welcome Bree Rasmussen. Hey. Bree, thank you for joining us. Of course, glad to be here. Uh, yeah, so Jason, we did work together, uh, what was it, probably like a year, maybe a little bit more? I was with them for about three and a half years, so I'm not sure. It could have been a couple yeah, couple I, years. Yeah, I think we... But that was about seven years ago, so <laughs> yeah. it's been a little while, too. Yeah. So give us a little bit of background of what you've been up to and... Um, kind of where you're at because you've started your own firm now uh interiors is it interiors with brie uh it's interiors by brie um and yeah um i moved to denver about two and a half years ago uh from california and uh was working for a company uh for about 18 months and then kind of decided to make the jump and go out on my own so it's been a year um since everything kind of actually a little over now since everything got established but um it's been adventurous, confusing, fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I'm finally kind of reaching 
a point where it feels like things are kind of falling into place and becoming a little bit easier on, on like the background and business side, uh, the design stuff, that's easy. So, you know, the, the rest is, is what I'm figuring out now. Well, I think people hearing you say the design stuff that's easy, you're probably like, what? Yes. <laughs> they sit there staring at pictures all day long trying to figure out how it all works, right? Right, right. Well, that's why they pay me the big bucks, right? So uh, <laughs> I've been doing it for over 15 years now. I mean, you're always learning. Don't get me wrong. There's still stuff that uh, I'm I'm running into and, and trying to figure out. But uh, I think there's enough experience there now that I know how to handle situations and um uh, it's it's more the business, it's the marketing, it's the clients, it's the invoicing, it's everything else. So, yeah, that's the the non fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that takes yeah. Of the non glamorous stuff. Yeah, yeah, all the all the behind the scenes people don't see. So, so Brie, uh, with interiors by Brie, what is your your sort of bread and butter? Are you commercial, residential, development? What's uh, what's your focus? Um, so currently my focus is more high end residential right now. Uh, I have done some uh, work with developers, which is great, but um, my bread and butter right now is more residential. Um, it could be anything. Uh, I just completed a project where it was a full house furnishings. Um, so I actually didn't touch any of the fixed finishes on this project. So it was everything from beds, bedding to art drapery. And then also because it was a new build, it was managing getting every item to uh, the warehouse to kind of be inspected before in installation, doing the installation and then doing a big reveal. I do anything down to, you know, reupholstering pillows and, you know, uh, pieces of furniture. But uh, previously I was doing a lot of uh, high-end real estate development. And so a lot of uh, homes in LA prior to moving and stuff like that. So that was the getting into thick of only the fixed finishes. So a little bit of everything, but more recently, just uh, uh, furnishings and fixed finishes. What's your ideal project? The one I just completed. <laughs> <laughs> so more of those. I, I joke, they were like my like unicorn, my like golden unicorn, because I mean, it's like one in a blue moon that you're ever going to get a client like that. They were wonderful to work with. They, they knew what they wanted. They trusted me as a designer. We had a wonderful working relationship. Um, I'm actually, they, they called me the other day to come and help them. Uh, since they just moved into their home, they want to do all new like Christmas decorations. They're like, I don't know if this is something you do. And I was like, you know, it's not, it's not something I typically do, but for them, I'll, I'll do it. So we're going to go Christmas shopping and, you know, blow out their house with decor. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> Interesting. What, when did they call you? It's October. <laughs> I know. We, I mean, you got to get in there before everybody else starts buying the stuff out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they called they call me yesterday or two days ago, I think it was. So. Well, then again, you're in Denver, right? So it gets cold yeah. early. So people start thinking about like... We got our... We got our first snow in September, so I don't know if you can believe that. It went from 96 to 36 in a day. So we were we were actually in Denver. Um, I want to say about four weeks back, and that and I think it, yeah. I think that time it was like super hot and snowed the next day. Is what you're saying? Yeah, we were there like yep. two days after that. Yeah, and it was probably 70 and sunny again. Well, then it got hot, and I was so yeah. bummed and pissed off to be honest with you. I was looking <laughs> forward to like cold because we were coming yeah. from hot where we're at. So, but nonetheless, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, we got snow, and then uh, this next week it's supposed to be in the 60s and sunny again. So, you know, that's Denver. You don't like the weather? Wait 10 minutes. So, no kidding. Okay, how funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question. I'm curious on these on this unicorn client, you know, because they're yeah. the client, right? 
what, what I've always been interested in when a designer does, you know, does the, all the furnishings for a client, then they do their reveal, right? Yeah. How much stuff on average, maybe even a percentage, do you end up changing? They don't like or, you know, because nobody's ever like, oh, this is everything I always wanted, right? So like what type of, you know, modulating is done at that point? So again, they were my golden unicorn. They didn't change a single thing. And I'm not even being exaggerating. And I mean, that's why it was it was such a wonderful dynamic relationship. I think they explained to me really what they wanted and I was able to grasp and understand. So, I mean, it got to a point when I was kind of picking out the decor at the end of anything from vases to, you know, m- minimal things around the home. And I'd start calling them and say, hey, I'm going to go buy this or purchase this. And they finally got to the point and they're like, stop calling us and just do it. Like, we don't care. <laughs> we trust you. And so, I, again, that's why I'm like, they were a golden unicorn. Now, previous projects I've done, uh, we'll typically leave, you know, res- um, uh, tags on and stuff like that for the minimal stuff in case they don't like it uh, and more turn and, you know, swap out. So in the end, yeah, it could be anywhere from 10 to 15% that they may not like. But in the grand scale of things, that's not bad. So, yeah. Very cool. So that project was for the homeowners? They they actually live there? Okay. Yeah. Uh, So it was actually, uh, they're originally from Texas and they're moving to Colorado. And so um, they were still living in Texas while they were building this house. So it was a custom build and it took about two years from start to finish. And then obviously COVID kind of, they were supposed to be in about, you know, 18 to 20 months and it ended up being about two years and uh, we actually had it entered into the Parade of Homes. So we got to be featured and, you know, all this stuff. So that was really awesome as well to know, you know, this project's not just for them, but then also to be seen by a lot of other people. So um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. You talked a little bit about sort of um, when you're just either working with finishes and sort of the, the furniture and um, as opposed to actually changing some of the structure. Do you have a preference of your engagement in a project? Um, it can depend on the client, but, um, I, I mean, I love, uh, my previous company I worked for before I started, um, uh, interiors by Brie was working for a real estate developer. And so I actually really liked, you know, the architect would give the plans and not that I would ever make major changes, but sometimes just like the kitchen, maybe being a little bit more functional or stuff like that. So helping kind of relay out a space to be more appropriate for maybe the client. Um, so I love doing stuff like that. I love having hands on, but I also like to make sure I have good relationships with my cabinet makers, my, my general contractors. Cause to me, it's, it's about having a win-win on both sides. And so, um, yes, I like doing that, but also not to the point where people are going crazy. So. Oh yeah. And, and just between you and me, architects can't draw kitchens. It's fine. They I, really I, can't. What? I, I agree with you. They're garbage at it. So <laughs> I can't, no, no, Demetrius, be quiet. For a Cause I can't tell you the amount no, of times I'm like, looking at things from a cabinet perspective going, it makes no sense. Like, what are you trying to do here? No offense, Demetrius. It's just one of those things. It's it's like the little, you know, gaps that you guys don't think about are like extending a wall far, you know, deep enough to have an actual cabinet to make sense. It's it, That drives me crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the truth. Oh. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We're going to have to we're going to have to have a separate conversation about this. So, uh, uh, yeah. And and let me and sorry, I'm going to sound a little, little bit of like a knock, but even a designer saying that, like, come on, man. <laughs> OK, I'm going to have to stand up for us, uh, but I don't have enough time today to do it. <laughs> uh, so, Brie, um, what 
what would you consider sort of one of the most complicated uh, parts that you dread about being an interior designer? Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> Dealing with architects uh, in their kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> if we get in early enough, it's not a problem. But, yeah. you know, um, I, I think one of the hardest or two of the hardest things is uh, one, we always joke, you know, if we're working with a couple and they don't have the same style or taste, you know, that's that's hard, uh, especially if they're like polar opposites, you know, one likes traditional and one likes contemporary, you know, so how do you how do you melt that and make them happy? The other is if you have a client that has no idea what they like, you know, trying to hone in on on what it is that they are drawn to and it, and usually you can kind of get to a point where you figure that out, but then you know, some clients who are, are wishy-washy and don't really know, and you think you've honed in and then they see something or they watch HDTV or something like that. And they're like, oh, I changed my mind. I like this after you've spent, you know, months of, of getting them to where you think that they really like something. Um, and then they change their mind again. And so it's, it's that constant changing of mind, especially as you know, we have deadlines, you know, you want to get the client in their home by, you know, end of the year and they're making changes in September, October. You're like, well, now we're pushed off until June, you know, so things like that. But there is this kind of running joke that interior designers are designers first and therapists second. So it's, it's, it's you know, um, when you're, if you're dealing with an individual, you know, it's, it's again, trying to figure out what they like. If you're dealing with a couple, it's, it's sometimes walking away from them, having a full out argument in front of you and, and just letting them hash it out and being like, I'm going to be over here working on your cabinets. So. You do one of these and I know people can't see it. We go, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd be amazed at some of the things I've heard people say in front of me. So. Uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't. I've been there, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for yeah. anybody that ends up working close with the client uh, on any part of the project, really, here's quite a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 There's, I mean, there's some couples I'm like, how are you still married? <laughs> no disrespect, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the yeah. hardest part too, sometimes you get those people where they disagree with something and you're like, you're like looking at the other person, like this was your call. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like I kind of agree with them. This looks like hell, but this is what you wanted. You know right. I mean? Right. And, or, yeah. Go ahead. I was say, or clients will go, you know, shopping and, and they'll see, you know, we're like uh, for plumbing and they'll see stuff that they like. And then you show them the bill after. And when you're showing them the invoice, they're like, I didn't pick that. And you're like, yeah, you did. <laughs> That's <laughs> ugly. I hate it. Well, you picked it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so just things like that too, where they, they, you know, then doubt their selections or they doubt that they actually picked it. And so it's, and then it's trying to talk them into, not into anything, but talk them to, yes, you did pick this, we can reselect, but again, now we're pushing the timeline and, and stuff like that, so. It gets sticky, for sure. It does. <laughs> yeah. So just like I give um, Demetrius crap for uh, architects and you know, I happen to have engineers fix all their stuff after they've designed right. it, right? Right. <laughs> um, I'm curious, when, from, from a designer perspective, where are you on understanding how things really work together? Like, do you see that as like, uh, I rely on my, my contractors to do that or whatever, or do you like to know the background of how the products are installed, work, all those kind of things? What, what do you think the importance is um, in that, in that topic for, for your industry? 
Sure. Um, I, I really like to know everything that I possibly can. I mean, not that I'm necessarily going to be the one installing the tile because you probably wouldn't ever want me to, but I want to understand the components that go into, you know, putting a shower together and making sure it's sealed correctly in the tile. Um, just because when I think it's a respect for the craftsmanship of the tile installer, as well as then me being able to be more educated to then talk to my client about maybe something they can or can't do. Um, I think it'll, I, I've, I've had some contractors in the past, you know, they want to see where you're at. And so they'll try to pull the wool over my eyes of, of things they can and can't do. And I'm just like, no, I know you can do that. You're either being lazy or you're testing me. And it's a fun little banter kind of, but um, I think then it also shows another level of respect because I've taken that time to understand their trade. And so for me, that is important. I'm not going to know everything, but my goal is to, to do my best as a designer to understand. Um, and I think that then, you know, solidifies some relationships as well. I, I love hearing that because I know for us in a lot of ways um, on the finishes side, whether it's flooring or wall tile, countertops, that type of stuff, we, you know, we'll get a spec packet from people at times, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, where's this? But it's missing the last 20% of what you need to be able to complete a project, right? Right. And so, you know, take, take um, you know, your shower tile or a backsplash, they're always missing trim, right? Mm -hmm. Or the window is going to be cased. How do you want to finish the windows? How do you want, you know what I mean? All these kind of things. And it's like, look, here's my, here's my color palette, right? With this is what's on the backsplash in this here, which looks great, but how right. do we finish everything? So right. I think, you know, for, for yourself, I love hearing that. And then anybody else that's in that, you know, side of it, that's such a huge part. And you gain a lot of respect from the trades when you actually know how this all goes together, trim, exactly. how to complete it. Do you wrap this or not? Do you understand where the wall's at? You know what I mean? Does it stop before that? Is it to the bull nose? Is it, you know, all those other kind of things that really can a hold up, you know, the project because you get stopped because you don't, you don't have an answer or B a lot of times when you're checking on material, the field material is good. And then the trim materials weeks out or right. vice versa. Right. Uh, right. So that's, I mean, that's a huge thing for people on, on my side, on the trade side. So I love hearing that uh, that's important to you. I wish more people would take that same type of consideration. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, in my experience too, you know, anytime I've run into, and by no means are my design package is perfect, you know, there's still things that get missed, but, you know, being able to talk with tradespeople about, you know, just different, um, if we do run into a problem, or if I forget something and their experience, you know, they've done, a lot of them have done this, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, and being able to talk with them and, and ask them what their opinion is instead of just me, you know, potentially barking orders at them and saying, do it this way, I don't care. Um, it's like, hey, how would you finish it? And sometimes they've come back and they've got these really, really amazing ways to finish something off that I never would have thought of. Um, and not to say that it means I'm not a good designer. It means that's not my specialty. And so, you know, that's why you have these people that you work with so that, that they can bring their expertise to it. And so in the end, I'm obviously going to say, yes, that looks good and I like it or it fits the style of home or the client. But, you know, in the end, it's, it's hopefully going to be like a, a nice fluid work experience together. Earlier, you had said you reference sort of if you can get into a project earlier. Uh, how early do you like to and uh, would prefer to get into a project? Without offending the architect, um, that's before okay. They, seems, before seems, they to be, seems to be a trend. <laughs> Maybe I'll call that this episode title <laughs> Offending uh, the Architect. Architect beat down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, I, I love, you know, that they get the relationship going with the architect. I love seeing plans prior to them getting stamped and submitted and stuff like that. Just to, you know, because obviously my relationship with the, the client is going to be a little different than the architect. Um, and so it's, it's hearing what they're saying about the end result, how they see living in this home. And not that you don't hear that as well, but you're also thinking of it from a structural standpoint. 
And uh, for me, I'm thinking of like, does this family have kids? You know, how are these kids going to interact, you know, in the kitchen specifically and you know, stuff like that. And so um, I might see little details that you guys just may not think about. And not to say that every architect does it, you know, every, everyone is a little bit different, but it might be just little tweaks that we make, you know, extending the wall or, you know, moving this or doing that, that might make just like uh, all more sense in the long run. So um, if I can get in before something stamped, um, that would be great. But if not, you know, there's stuff that can be tweaked when you're doing, uh, you know, cabinet drawings and, and specifications of that. So, uh, but yeah, as soon as possible. If, if I can, I want to come to the aid of the architect right here, Dee. So <laughs> I think one of the things that people forget a lot of times, um, not necessarily us that are talking about this, but you know, we probably couldn't sit down and draw out the plans and the structure, right? Once you have the picture, it's a lot easier for us to start manipulating things. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we never lose sight of that idea. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier for someone to say from a design, you know, aspect, right? Well, I don't like this and I don't like that, but they couldn't tell you what they liked, right? But you had to give right. them options before they could start really start making decisions and pull it together because they can't, have, you know, they don't have the vision in their mind. So I will say that it's a lot easier for us on this side once the whole schematic's drawn to be like, you know, this wall should be here and this should be here. Right. You know, that kind right. of so it's a big difference though. Yeah. yeah. I also wanted to ask you before a couple of questions before we get out of here. One of the things that we didn't get to talk to with our previous guests was interior designers also have connections with furniture, right? Um, mm -hmm. so you guys get discounts and, and have a catalog that you can choose from. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Actually, that's something that, um, I, you know, especially in Denver is uh, a big topic that we talk about. So trade accounts are basically set up where depending on the company, uh, I can get pricing anywhere from wholesale or maybe they have a tiered system. So depending on how much uh, sales I do with them, you know, I could be tier one or tier two. So, you know, the more I do with them, the higher of a discount I'll get. Um, since it's just me and I'm relatively new, you know, right now I'm, I'm kind of at the beginning stages. And so I still get good discounts and then I typically mark up from there. And what people don't understand is that, you know, one in LA, you know, there's the design center and it's huge and you can take clients there and they can sit and stuff and check it out. Well, here our showrooms are very small. So a lot of people aren't as inclined to do trade discounts because they can't see it, touch it, feel it. And so that's kind of hard. But right now, a lot of my clients, you know, are wanting to do box stores, which I'm not opposed to, but it's, you know, as a designer, we want to design, we want to create, we want to do something different, we want you to have more of a one of a kind, and then also, we want to give you that savings, you know, so my markup is still going to put you less than if you bought something at a box store. 90% of the time. Now, sometimes, yes, if you get something really specific or customized, uh, you might be spending more, but you're also getting a one-of-a-kind piece. So that's kind of like the, the. I mean, that wasn't your initial question, but that's kind of like how trade accounts work and then also working with clients. Um, just kind of this, this pull of, you know, if they can't see it or touch it, they don't really want to buy it. So sometimes that's really hard where, yeah, you have box stores that they can sit and everything and touch it and look at it and take samples home. So that's kind of how trade accounts work uh, and, and sort of how I work with them. I don't know if that helps yeah. or answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. And then can you talk, uh, highlight sort of, you talked about that markup. What does that cover? Because it's not all just like money in your pocket. Um, I imagine it's covering some some other stuff for that markup. Um, I, most of the time, the markup is just kind of money in my pocket. And I let them know that, you know, I'm giving you um, wholesale pricing or whatever that tiered pricing is. Uh, I add in tax and freight is meant to be just, you know, I my little 
piece of the pie, basically. And I'm very clear about that. With For me, I'm very transparent with all of my clients about how billing is done, how my markup is done. And, you know, none of them really have an issue with it. They understand, they understand what I'm bringing to the table. So, and if I show them, you know, like, for example, plumbing, I, you know, I get a percentage off. And so if they were to go buy from the source themselves, they'll see that they're still spending, you know, two times the amount that I get. And so my percent is, is minuscule compared to what they would they would be paying at the store, basically. So they're paying for access to savings. Basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then the last question I had was, do you do the interior designer pillow chop? Oh, my oh. God. Um, because that bothers me so much, I actually do it from the side. So it like <laughs> does the opposite. I, I, I don't. I don't do the pillow chop, no, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. It. What made you think of that? So it it always stands. Somebody pointed it out to me once, and now it just stands out every time I walk a model home. For the for the listeners, if you walk a model home, there's like a a line of a chop right in the top middle of a pillow. Pretty much every house you look at. Uh, So now you can't unsee it once you know. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like you're trying to fluff up the pillow. So like I might do it and then I hit it from the sides and I basically just make it look good. I don't do the the chop. I don't leave it that way. All right, Brie. Thank you so much. Can uh, Can you tell the listeners where they can find more about you, website, social media, anything like that? Absolutely. So my Instagram is an interiors underscore by underscore Brie. And uh, my website's just interiorsbybrie.com. Please check me out. I'd love, you know, I have a contact on there. So if anybody has questions or is interested in more information, I'd love to hear from you. How do you spell Brie? B-R-I-E or? It's, uh, just B-R-I. Yeah. Okay. I'm not the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bree. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you to the listeners for listening. We will talk again on Tuesday. Thanks. Bye. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon. architecture firm owners and emerging leaders. Get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with BuildSmart, 
the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLamey, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.